find your Bibles there at home and open them up. I want to share to you with you today concerning the tree of life. The tree of life. We read about it in Genesis, the first chapter, uh, where God created Adam and Eve. And uh, in verse 26 of chapter 1, God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing upon the earth. And Chapter 2, verse 15, we read this. Then God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For the day you eat of it, you shall die. And then let's also look to uh, chapter 3. Now the serpent, verse 1, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, the Lord says you shall not eat it, you shall not touch it, lest you die. And then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desiring, desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate, and she gave it to her husband, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Amen. And, of course, the great tragedy is, is that when the Lord spoke to them, they hid from him. Now, as we look at this first chapter of the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. And there were two trees in the Garden of Eden that were very important. One was a tree of life, and the other was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God had given Adam and Eve access to every tree in the garden, but not to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I want to share with you why I think that's important right now. Because we are in a time of testing we're in a time of crisis with this virus that has stricken the world, and uh, many of us have been affected by it uh, in many, many ways. Uh, uh, it's uh, where maybe you're working from home or you're not even able to work. Maybe you're quarantined. Maybe you're having to homeschool your children. Uh, we all have to social distance and mask and uh, watching our family and our friends to, to, to make sure that we don't uh, harm them. 
and we also have to go through what other people are going through. And many of us have family and friends who are sick. And some have lost people to this disease. But uh, our lives are changed in many ways. But there's some things that we need to remember. And that is, when God created man, he created him a special creation. He created him in the image and likeness of God. He created us like him. He created us to be in fellowship with him. And in the garden, he gave us everything that was needed. Everything. Everything that, uh, that they could have wanted was there. Amen. They didn't have to work for it or labor for it, but God had provided. The Lord asked them to tend it. But it was, it, it was a place of, it's called paradise. Everything was perfect. The weather was perfect. The food was perfect. Everything was perfect. But there was one thing there that was not perfect, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so what I'm trying to say this morning is there's a temptation always to eat of the wrong tree. The Lord wants us to eat of the tree of life. He is the tree, I believe, the tree of life. We want to look at what the Bible says about the tree of life this morning. But I just want to encourage you to know that God, even in the midst of these things, will give us what's needed. But there's some things we don't need. We don't need the knowledge of good and evil. And our world is full of that these days. You don't learn to walk the path of righteousness by studying wickedness. Does that make sense to you this morning? Do you understand? But the devil tempts us to do that. Because the devil comes to accuse God and said, and first of all, say God's a liar. He's not really going to kill you. <laughs> That's what he said to Adam and Eve. There's not really any problem with that. You can do it if you want to. The reason God doesn't want you to do it is then you'll be like him, knowing good from evil. Okay, so there's times of crisis. In these times of crisis, sometimes people begin to wonder if God has given them what they need. And the devil is there sometimes to say he hasn't. He hasn't given you everything you need. And sometimes in that situation, we become desperate. And we begin to look for things to meet our own need. That's really what the temptation was for Adam and Eve, is to be self-sufficient, to come to that place where they didn't need God. And I can tell you one thing, we all need God, and we all need Him a lot right now. We cannot be our own answer. We don't have answers to our own problems these days. I mean, I, I just get the sense that nobody really has figured out everything about what's going on right now. I mean, there's a lot of people who are trying desperately to figure it out and who want to find answers. But we're in a situation where we don't know everything and we cannot control everything. But when we're in a situation where we can't control everything, the devil is there to say, oh, yes, you can. If you just knew what God knew, you'd be able to do what he does. You'd be, will, you'd be like him, which is a terrible lie because God created us in his image and likeness. We're already like him. But God withheld from us that thing that we didn't need. And I'm telling you, God gives you what you need. He withholds from you those things that you don't need. The tree of life was placed in the middle of the garden 
so that God's people could be eternal and live forever like their God. But when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then they had to be locked out of the garden because the Lord did not want them to live forever in a condition of sin. But Jesus, Jesus is a tree of life in our lives. And I I'm, I'm just want to share with you today the importance of depending upon the Lord at this time and to avoid the temptation to be your own answer. Avoid the temptation to be your own answer. I want to share with you just briefly this morning what the Bible says about the tree of life. It starts in the book of Proverbs. Um, I'm going to begin reading in chapter 3, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For from her proceeds, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than of fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. And all the things you desire cannot compare to her. Length of days is in her hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. So an aspect of the tree of life is it's a, it is a source of wisdom. And it is okay for us to desire wisdom. If I can say that this morning, you should desire wisdom that comes from God and not knowledge that comes from the wrong source. It's okay to ask God for wisdom. <laughs> Amen? In fact, James the Apostle says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. And I want to challenge you this morning. When you need wisdom, what do you do? Do you turn on the computer and start searching the internet? Can I suggest something? Before you do that, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. There's many ways he can transmit that to you, that he can make it available to you. But we must understand this. God is the source of wisdom, and wisdom is the very source of life itself. I believe wisdom is God's love made real and practical for our lives. And we need wisdom, but let us seek it from God. I see so many people looking in the wrong direction. People will spend three or four hours a day on their iPhone and spend 15 minutes a day in their Bible. If your screen time exceeds your face time, you might need to consider that you need to be looking to the Lord. You need to be looking to the Lord. I'm saying to you, I believe God has answers for us. And if we desire them, if we desire them, we will find them. I'm asking you this morning, do you desire the wisdom of God? Do you really want what God has for you? You have to desire it. <laughs> One thing I know about most of us, if we really want something, we'll get it. We'll figure out a way to get it. But desire is important. And the Lord wants us to desire wisdom. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. 
and he who wins souls is wise. Amen. The thing is, is we don't need to know good and evil, but we need to have righteousness. And you can only get that one place. Righteousness is found in the Lord. The Bible tells us he has been made to us righteousness and wisdom and knowledge. Amen. So the thing is, is righteousness comes from the Lord and righteousness is a tree of life. If you want to know what is right, seek the Lord and his righteousness. Amen. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Once again, there needs to be a healthy hunger for the righteousness of God that is in Jesus Christ. We find God's righteousness on every page of the Bible. Amen. But we need to seek and desire righteousness for it is a tree of life. Proverbs 13 12 through 14 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. He, it is a tree of life. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn away from the snare, one from the snares of death. Whoo! Amen. The Lord is going to help us live. He's going to help us not die. He will deliver us from the snares of death. When we desire, when we hope for those things that God has for us, he is going to deliver us from the snares of death. And he's given to give us a gift of life. Amen. I'm just trying to point you in the right direction today. Jesus, as we were singing, Jesus has everything that we need. Has everything that we need. Proverbs 15, verse 4. And I hope you listen carefully right now. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. I just sometimes think we need to do an assessment of our conversations. Are we speaking words of life? Are we speaking words of encouragement? Are we speaking hope? And I know this is real because sometimes I find myself more eager to talk about problems than to talk about answers. It's easier to be pessimistic than it is to be hopeful. It's easier to cast doubts and dispersions. Amen. It's easier to spread fear than anything else. Fear spreads like wildfire. And I think we all know that's going on right now. And, and there's a lot of it being passed around. And sometimes we as Christians are transmitting fear instead of faith. 
perfect love casts out all fear. <laughs> I know Pastor Judy and I learned with our children when they were upset and afraid and insecure that the most powerful thing that we could tell them is it's going to be all right. We didn't need to affirm their fears. We needed to speak hope. And we needed to speak faith into their lives so that they would know that there was a way for them to be okay. Amen. Sometimes we said that in faith. But every time we said it, God took care of it. Because I believe it's important what we say to one another. Especially what we say to our families, to our spouses, to our children. But everything that we say has great importance. Words have power. And I believe that it's especially right now really important for us to be praying and saying, Lord, let my, let my speech be edifying. Let my speech be uplifting. Let me leave the room better than I found it. I mean, guard your heart so that you don't carry, don't carry the wrong message, but that you carry the right message because those words can be a tree of life to those who are listening. A tree of life is something that is promised in the book of Revelation to the overcomer. It says to the letter in Ephesians in, in chapter 2, verse 7, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. There's still a tree of life. And for those who overcome in faith, there is a precious promise that God will give us to eat of the tree of life. I want to encourage you this morning. There is a tree of life that is open and available for those who overcome. Overcome what? Overcome doubt. Overcome fears. Overcome the temptations to grow tired, to grow weary, to give up, to back off. To do something crazy. Believe me, I know there's a temptation just to do those things. But these days, I think it's so important for us to keep our eye on the prize and know that God has called us to be overcomers. Romans says in verse chapter 8, says we are more than overcomers, more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. God has given us the power to overcome. I know it's a walk of faith. I know it's a step of faith. But I've walked with the Lord for more than 60 years. And I tell you, the Lord will give you the power to overcome. Amen. He will overcome those things that are against you. He will overcome those things that rise up in front of you. God will give you a way. There is a way. God has an answer. And he gives you to eat from the tree of life. We've gone from the first of the Bible to the end of the Bible now. But we're still talking about the tree of life. Revelation 22, chapter, or verse 2 says, In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree 
of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. We look at that and we tend to see it in the future tense. When we get to heaven, there'll be a tree of life. But let me ask you, this tree of life, the leaves are healing for the nations. But in heaven, there's no sickness. So I believe that tree of life that is in heaven is a provision for now. It's for now to bring healing to the nations. Let us pray for the healing of the nations there in the Middle East. Pray for Israel. Pray for the people in the Middle East right now. Terrible conflict going on there. But pray for God's answer. Pray that those leaves will bring healing to those nations. Amen. We are, we are commanded to pray for Israel. But I believe we should pray even for those who are enemies to pray for them as well. Amen. Because it says for the nations, not singular, plural. God has people in every nation, every tribe, every kindred. And all of them have the opportunity to eat from that tree of life, to, to partake of it. Amen. In Revelation 22, verse 12 through 17 says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That's why today I started with the first, and I'm going to the last. Because Jesus is both the beginning. He was there in creation. But he's there in the end of redemption. Amen. He is the first and he's the last. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. And he says... Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they have the right to the tree of life. That they have the right to the tree of life. Because we are obedient, because we do what God has commanded us to do, we have a right to the tree of life. Next verses go on to talk about the others. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Those do not have access to the tree of life. But even to those, the Lord speaks and says, repent and turn and return. Because there is no place for those people in the kingdom of God. They do not, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. They have to repent and turn from their wickedness if they want to eat of the tree of life. I, Jesus, have sent my angel, verse 16 of chapter 22, to testify you, to you these things in the churches. That's what I'm trying to do this morning, is testify to these things in the church. I am the root, the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come, and whoever desires, let him drink of the water of life freely. That is for now. That is for now. So I'm just 
encouraged today to speak to you because we find ourselves in times and in circumstances where we cannot control everything. We don't. We just have to admit we can't control everything. There's a theologian who says, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, but the courage to change the things I can and give me the wisdom to know the difference. That's Reinhold Niebuhr said that. But it's an incredible prayer. Lord, give me the courage to change the things I can, the grace to accept the things I can't. Amen? And give me, above all, the wisdom to know the difference. One of the things we have to accept as Christians is that we have limitations. We have limitations. I don't understand everything, do you? I don't. Some things are too complicated. Some things are too complex. Sometimes I see families struggling to make very, very difficult decisions. Sometimes I I, I think they're decisions that God never intended for families to have to make. Do we have to, should we unplug the respirator? All of those kind of things. And I don't think any human being really feels capable of making a decision like that. And so I often find myself praying at that time, Lord, take it out of our hands. We put it in your hands. Lord, make it so they don't have to make the decision. I'm asking you to make the decision for them because that decision is too hard for them to make. And I'm just telling you that there are times right now in the lives of the people around us where they need to know that they don't have to know everything. They don't have to be in control of everything. They can turn those things over to the Lord. They can take their troubles and lay them at the feet of Jesus. They can cast their cares upon Him because He cares for them. They can let Him be the answer. They don't have to be the answer every time. But they can let the Lord be the answer. I'm saying to you this morning, the Lord wants to be the answer in our lives. He wants us to quit running to men first and run to God first. He wants us to put our trust in Him first and most. Lord says to put Him first. To love Him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. But we need to let the Lord be the first resort for us. I'm just telling you this morning, don't run to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everybody wants to know whose fault it is. You know what? I don't think it makes any difference. Just because you know whose fault it was doesn't mean you can do anything about it. And besides that, most of the time we make those kind of choices or decisions or determinations, we end up being wrong. We end up blaming people who shouldn't be blamed, criticizing and judging when we should be praying 
and trusting and looking to God for answers. I know these things are hard, but I know they're important. And that's why I'm speaking about them this morning. Amen. Because I believe it is important who we turn to. And what we need to desire first is the tree of life, who is Jesus Christ. We need to put our trust in him because in him is everything that we have need of. I grew up singing a hymn. It's a very wonderful hymn to me. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like yours can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Just pray that right now. Bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need you every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when you are nigh. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Men, this morning I believe the Lord's saying to us what he said in the book of Revelation that the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let us say, Come. I need thee. I need thee, Lord. There's no cowardice in that. There's no weakness in that. That is the pure wisdom and the strength of our faith and encouragement to every one of us. So as we close today, I just challenge you to put your trust in Jesus completely, absolutely. Find in him the peace that passes all understanding. Find in Jesus the wisdom of God. Come to him and drink of the fountain of life. Not just now, but every day. Come and drink of that water that flows from the throne of God. Come and eat of that tree that grows by the river of God. Come, come to Jesus. Come and find hope. Come and find healing. Come and find strength. And become what the Lord wants us to be in this day and in this hour. I believe He's called us. He's called us for a purpose in this day. I believe we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That the Lord might demonstrate his love, his goodness, his mercy, his grace through us. Whether it's going to the next house to see if our neighbors are okay. Whether it's praying for the sick. Whether it's speaking word of hope to someone who's discouraged. Whether it's reaching out a hand to lift up someone who's fallen. But to stand in the strength and in the might and the spirit of our God. And to walk and act and move 
in faith and be what God needs us to be, to be what others need. Men, just join me as we pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, in this hour we have been tested and sometimes we have been pushed to the very limits of our own strength and of our own knowledge and of our own wisdom. But Lord, we believe you are all we need. We believe you have the very gift of life itself, that you have wisdom, that you have understanding that you would impart to us. And Lord, we're asking you unapologetically, boldly before your throne of grace today, Lord, to give us faith, to give us grace for ourselves, mercy for ourselves, and grace and mercy for others. Lord, let us walk together in the love of God without judgment, without anger, without blame, without the finding of fault, but Lord, with the sharing of the love and the faith that we have found in you. Cause us to be drawn together as your people in a closer way than we've ever been before. Unite us together. Lord, make us one as you and your precious Son are one. Let that love that you had in him be in us. Lord, let it be in us that the world might know that you are the Lord and that the Father hath sent you. Lord, let that perfect love, that perfect unity be found in us as your people. Lord, we're not going to the path of good and evil, but we're going to the path of righteousness today. We're choosing the higher way, the better way, and we're making the choice that you would have us to make, Lord. We love you. We want to serve you. We want to be pleasing to you. And I pray for your people, Lord, that your peace may abound, that your grace may abound to them in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Amen. Stay in touch with each other. Amen. And uh, we're planning on being back in person next Sunday. We'll see you then. We miss you. Wish we could have seen you today. But God bless you.